Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora. I'm your host, Benji Nichols, a podcast project of Inspired Media. We are telling you stories about communities you love by people you trust. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. Season three, this is the third year we've been doing this show. Kind of hard to believe, uh, but here we are having a good time talking to folks across the community, across the region, uh, about things that we think are fun and important. And uh, the show that we have today is an important one, certainly. I am so excited to have here uh, Dr. Tim Cronin, superintendent of Decorah Schools. Tim, I should have asked you before we started how you like to be addressed. Yeah, Tim is just fine. <laughs> Tim is just fine. Tim, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your day. Uh, of course, this show gets listened to down the line quite a ways, but here we are on snow day number one of uh, 2024, <laughs> the, uh, or two, I guess. Second weather day, <laughs> second unfortunately. Weather. Second weather day, but first official <laughs> snow day. Fair enough. I wasn't even thinking yeah, that far back. Yeah. Uh, the snow is flying outside. It's currently January. Uh, and we appreciate your time uh, being able to take throughout this day to be here and talk to us a little bit. Um, so thanks for doing that. And thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to actually meet you in person and get to chat a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. As I shared before, I I do enjoy the podcast and learning about Decora, so I'm excited to be a part of this. Fantastic. I love it. Well, as we do on this show, we usually kick off with a little bit of uh, background or history, and certainly your family has a little bit of history in the region. Yeah. Uh, if we go back a little ways, uh, tell us, uh, I guess, where is a good place to start? Because I think education is also a long theme in that family thread, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, both my, uh, so I'll just start with my parents. Both my parents grew up. In the Decorah, Decorah area, they're both graduates of Decorah High School, so that's probably a start. My mom grew up on the family farm, which is out by Big Canoe Church, Um, and that's the farm that uh, Grandpa Ole, I think he built that, like came to America, and that's where he settled. Uh, The Cronins took a a different route to get to Decorah. Um, Grandma May, uh, 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 she was a Carlin, and so she grew up in Bluffton and was a teacher, um, so I guess she would have been a, the first generation of teachers in Winnesheet County that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, she married, uh, and they lived in Lawler and her, uh, her husband, Johnny was, uh, unfortunately killed by in a, a car train accident and she couldn't keep the, the farm. So she had to move to town and wow. she moved to town with, uh, with three boys and she was, uh, pregnant, uh, three, two boys and a, and a daughter and, and, uh, a child on the way. What a story. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, and also, I mean, if I understood, you know, so, uh, was May a teacher as well, right? So, so the, my great grandmother Cronin, uh, May Cronin was a teacher. Some people might know her, um, cause when I was at Luther, she was living down above, uh, I guess, Water Street Deli in the sure. apartment and she would walk up to. St. Ben's every day for church, among other things. But she was a teacher. And then uh, more people, uh, uh, Muriel uh, Cronin, my grandmother, taught over at John Klein. And I think she retired in about 78, 79. That's fantastic. Would she have started teaching in the one-room schoolhouses as well? Yeah, she did. There's a, uh, I'm trying to think. I was just, uh, Stephen Johnson uh, has done some research on rural school teachers in Iowa, which I had found before I had, had uh, moved to Decorah or moved back up here. But uh, uh, he interviewed uh, Grandma uh, Muriel about uh, how she went to the one-room schoolhouse and yeah. then how she taught it a couple. Uh, that was back in the day where with a 
high school diploma. You could go to State Teachers College of Iowa or whatever incantation it was, take a 10-week class, and you could be certified to teach rural right. school. Right. You could be a rural school teacher. So then when they did kind of the consolidation, and this is about 63, 64, where they said all you have to be part of a, a, a school district that has a high school and made the community school district structure in Iowa. Um, then she moved to town and started teaching for the school district had some kind of provisional licensure wow, and yeah. took classes at Luther, uh, which is a, yet another fun fact is, so then Mur- <laughs> Muriel's a Luther grad, Tim's a Luther grad. Uh, uh, I guess in between there, Muriel be my grandmother. My mom went to Luther for a couple of years and then my uh, middle child just graduated from Luther. Uh, I love it. And congrats so, on that fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, full disclosure, uh uh, President Ward, somehow it got a little confused. My mom did not graduate from Luther, but we were announced at graduation as four generations of Cronin oh graduates. My so wow. we were taking it. We, it's yeah, on run, video. Run with it's, it. it's on video. I think my mom felt a little bit bad. I was like, no, they said it. It's a real thing now. So I love it. There are two things that come to mind with that. And, and the one is that. Um, I've been helping a little bit with uh, Westerheim guiding in the summertime with the Viking cruise ship passengers oh, that have sure. been coming. It's been a really fun project. And we talk a little bit about on the way to Decorum back about the one-room schoolhouses and you know, other pieces of history along the way. It's amazing to me how many folks from across the country did not uh, live in areas with that experience. A yeah. lot of people coming from cities, other experiences, who when you start saying, and you know, a lot of them are older, but you start saying, you know, this existed well into the 60s, you know, before it died out, they just kind of look at you like, what? You were in one-room schoolhouse still in the city? So it's it's a unique part of the culture and so having that uh having that perspective in your family is always an interesting thing i think and and so growing up when we went to the the farm grandparents um the remnants of this one of the one room schoolhouses was right at the end of the lane right out by our river cemetery sure and i just thought that was the coolest thing in the world you could go to you know you were a quarter of a mile a walk from school but it was the one room school it was almost like a school for my mom and her brothers yeah the very um, very uh, neighborhood country yeah, neighborhood yeah, the, regional the, right the, yeah. the country neighborhood school but yeah yeah um, that's spectacular and the other thing i was going to ask you was so uh you know some education threads through your family obviously some threads in uh, not only where you were being educated but also what you were interested in um education a big theme throughout your family uh, how did you decide or when did you feel like that was something you were going to follow, do you think? Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a big theme in the family. My, uh, my mother uh, and her, one of her two brothers, so two-thirds of the children in that family all went into education. Um, and then the same for my dad. Uh, he had two sisters and, and he went into education. So I, I felt like 66% of us were going into education. <laughs> Those percentages haven't stayed as strong. But there's a few more at, at my level that have gone into education. Um, and so it was probably always, it was kind of the family business. So you'd go to reunion. Absolutely. Reunions were teachers, farmers, and then uh, the people that had married into the family. Um, but uh, it was something that uh, I, uh, uh, I had an older brother. And I think he helped, um, he helped me appreciate empathy for other human beings uh, in his lack of providing that to me sometimes. <laughs> uh, we are best friends today, so I don't hold any grudges. But uh, 
I always thought, you know, you could be nicer, and maybe I could start that. Um, and, and so growing up, uh, I, I probably had a little bit more empathy. And then my, my mom... My brother was three years older than okay. me. Uh, he is three years older than me. And, and so was perfectly at that next stage the entire way through mm-hmm. our life. And only right now have I feel that we've maybe reached the top of a plateau. <laughs> okay. Where, where we're like, it will might be my turn soon <laughs> to, oh. to have the upper hand. Oh, I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll see how it works. Well, uh... <laughs> Let me know if that works. Out. I, yeah, our our I think our tipping point was when I just got bigger than he was, there and I didn't have to uh, put up with as much. And and since he'll probably listen, I won't say anything else. But we were competitive, and he would put challenges in front of me uh, as a as a youth that I didn't think I needed. Um, but so he helped me develop Bro- brotherly love. Yeah, brotherly love. I and I absolutely uh, love love him and. Uh, um, yeah, so I had a little bit of empathy, and then my mom uh, was, we were in Iowa City, dad was a superintendent of schools, and my mom uh, worked for the University of Iowa, and she worked at the Early Childhood Education Center, and she would say, you know, what are you doing after school, and it was, you know, usually goofing off with my friends or watching TV for three hours, and so she thought that one day a week I had to come down and help out. So I would get on the city bus and ride down to North Hall. and Love that. Yeah. and it, What years would that have been? That would have been a fairly progressive oh. thing at the time, kind of, too? Or not, or oh, not so, I, so uh, probably this is, we're talking 77, 78, 79. Okay. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, it would have been maybe connected a... Connected with the University of Iowa. Connected, time. it was yeah. the University of Iowa's uh, Early Childhood Education Center. And uh, featured in the made-for-TV movie Bill. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the one scene where the director gets mad at Bill, um, and that's a whole other, that's the guy who did uh, uh, Rain Man. Yeah, The okay. director, okay. So um, he made a movie about his experience in Iowa City starring Dennis Quaid uh, and Mickey Rooney. And we watched it on YouTube the other day. Wow. And then we got to the character that was based on my mom's role, and she was a mean person, and my mom oh, was a very no. nice person. So that was a, perhaps not based on my mom. But, yeah, so I, I volunteered uh, under my mom's auspices at the Early Childhood Center, and there were just some awesome teachers, and they taught me how to interact with children. So I had some really good experiences, and I kind of saw it as a, a nice profession, and I, and I got a lot out of it personally for me that helping people was something I liked. So Absolutely. that probably got me hooked on education. and. Um, what a great chance as a younger person to get hooked into something, whether you, whether you were necessarily looking for it or not at that moment, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember asking my mom. I was just told, well, you're going to come down and help out. And, <laughs> and as a young person, you're growing up in Iowa City, right? I'm growing up in Iowa City, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, um, and, and not that I would have said no, and it, I guess it probably really helped that the, that the teachers were just so much fun and they, you know, it wasn't like work or doing something I didn't want to do. It was like a neat opportunity I, I got to do. How did you find your way to uh, Luther after school? What what got you to Luther? What do you think? Was well, the... so Decorah was always, uh, with both my grandparents living here, uh, both sets of grandparents living here, Decorah was always kind of where we went uh, for the holidays and vacations and, and we would... Maybe they'd bring the boys up here for a week or two in the summer, and you know we'd hang out with cousins and stuff. But when it came time to picking schools, growing up in Iowa City, you don't necessarily want to go to the University of Iowa because <laughs> you know it could yeah. just you know, like anybody, you don't want to just extend your, your life in Iowa City. And we came up, and and I really was struggling with a decision, and we came up here, and 
And I, we went on a visit. I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'll, I'll give this a try. And uh, I was still playing basketball at that time. And, and nice. I, uh, I don't have any records at Luther, but it was a fun opportunity to meet some people. And, and yeah, once you got to Decora. Uh, and looking at it not as the place where your grandparents live, but where you go yeah. to school, yeah. and realizing that uh, it was nice to be able to go visit grandma and grandpa, but you didn't <laughs> like you didn't have to go on a Friday or Saturday night. It was a it was a really neat thing. So uh, absolutely. So yeah, I just found Luther, and uh, I don't know if I really looked at too many other places. Sure, and of course Luther's had over the years a very strong education uh, aspect. I mean, teacher aspect, yeah. teaching education. Um, and so that, of course, makes sense. Uh, and your Luther experience was one that is filled with uh, good memories, I would assume. Oh, seems yeah. like a lot of folks out of that era who have some really, uh, really strong uh, connections uh, to Luther and yeah. still to Decor to this day, which I think is great. Yeah, and they you, you see that when uh, um, folks want to uh, vacation here or buy second homes and, and you know, and honestly, before I got the job in Decorah, we had always kind of thought, well, someday maybe we'll have a, a home in Decorah because nice. uh, it's a familiar place and we like it and there's uh, lots to do if you're just in town visiting. But, uh, yeah, uh, Luther was a great. Uh, lots of the uh, uh, f- professors and folks there yeah. uh, made it a nice experience. Ab- absolutely. I can, I can totally see that. You're, uh, coming out of Luther, uh, you, you were on the education track. That was pretty clear for you, right? Yeah. So I, I ma- majored in elementary education, and that was uh, I was going to uh, go be an elementary school teacher. Love that. So a little bit of grad work uh, in your future there. Was that pretty, pretty quickly straight straight into that or did you take take some time to work what was the uh what was the yeah plan? i think uh, i think i got my uh, first teaching job like in may uh at linmar and i signed up for uh, summer graduate classes at the university of iowa because i thought well i'll just move down there and start taking classes and uh might as well get my master's as, as quickly as possible so. yeah absolutely when you i have to ask so i mean obviously administration uh is is where you have landed yeah. Yeah. was that part of your equation at that time do you think i'm always i'm always curious about people's paths but also um uh i think a lot of people might say that there are a lot of rewards in teaching there are a lot of people that might say it's, it can be a very thankless yeah. profession yeah. uh but i can't imagine a more thankless version of that than, than going straight into administration <laughs> Well, honestly, so. um, you know, there's a so one of the experiences I did have uh, when I was in high school and college, we would uh, as like an hourly worker, we were the secretaries for the Iowa City Summer School program. And it was one of these jobs. It probably didn't hurt that my dad was superintendent, of course, but it was one of those jobs that my neighbor had it and she brought me in and she said she kind of handed the job down. And what I really liked was just kind of organizing things. Yeah. And this is before you've got Google Drives and stuff. So yeah, you're putting together no class lists and, yeah. and you're, I mean, maybe we had, maybe we had like an Apple, uh, yeah. not a TUI, but probably <laughs> right. the first MacBooks. And so we were probably able to s- save small documents, but we were putting together class lists. We were shuffling around. We, we didn't have email, so we'd have to drive stuff over. We'd have to organize meetings. And there was part of just kind of that organization and the structure that I really did enjoy and working with people, you know, what do you need to get this class going, getting them the information, and just kind of being that problem solver. I and so... Um, and ring, then The ringleader as such. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe not quite that dramatic, but there, there were parts. I mean, we had a boss, and he was kind of known for... 
you'd call him up on the phone and he'd say, yep, you're hired. And then he'd forget to tell us or stuff. And oh, my goodness. So people would show up on the first day and say, I'm teaching reading this summer for eight weeks. What, where's my class? And then you'd be like, oh, yeah, we're redoing some classes. And wow. we would figure it out. And uh, I remember when I left, I, the person who replaced me looked at me one day and said, people are coming up to me saying that they're teaching. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. You just... <laughs> You just you just take one of those big classes and you divide it. You find out what grade level they were promised. And, um, yeah, That's fantastic. so so the the part of the organization, and then I, you know, I can't escape the fact that that my dad was a, a school administrator. My mom yes. was as well. Uh, two different types of people, but uh, just kind of obser- uh, observing them growing up and how they attacked things and. Yeah. Um, uh, that was always fascinating to me. I love that. Before we take a quick break here and turn around and talk a little more about Decora specifically, um, was there anybody else in that time? I mean, you've mentioned a few folks, obviously, who were kind of mentors or people who really created uh, an impact along the way. But was there anyone else that kind of stuck out or as you were making your way through that, that you were like, no, this is really like I need to take this to the next. You know, this is the direction I'm going to follow or uh, uh, kind of thing, you know? Uh, so uh, I think to maybe people that... It, I maybe have inspired me or or helped me focus in on what I wanted to be uh, as an administrator. A lot of times it was uh, I would learn from those negative experiences. Yeah. And, and I did teach with a couple ladies, and they knew I was taking classes, and they would say to me, now, when you're a principal, you're not going to do this or this or this. I mean, they gave me my marching orders, like, teachers don't like it when you do this. And uh, I have, can't say I followed them all, but um, absolutely. Uh, so maybe working, and I did have different principles, and some I liked, and some I didn't like. And and uh, I remember as a beginning teacher, we got a person named Jim Gard, who was a, and he was everybody on staff liked. He was probably the most popular person on staff, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize you could be the principal and people would like you. Uh, <laughs> so I did learn a lot from Jim, and he was. He was fun to work for, but but I I love that. Do try to take try to learn from all experiences, positive and negative. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, it's a great answer. Uh, Tim Cronin, uh, superintendent of the Decorah Community School District, is with me today as my special guest. We're gonna take a real quick break and uh, be back talk a little more Decorah specific. Thanks so much for being here, Tim. You bet. We'll be right back. This is Rhymes with Decorah. This is Erin Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And the voice of my partner in business and life, Erin Henning Nichols, there. Find everything about Inspired at iloveinspired.com. Become a member. Uh, send our magazine across the country to someone you think might enjoy it. Find it all there, iloveinspired.com. My guest today, Mr. Tim Cronin, Dr. Tim Cronin, uh, superintendent of the Decorah Community School District. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out of this uh, snowy day to be here and chat, Tim. I appreciate your time being here and talking about your experiences. Uh, I think it's a fascinating thing. I have gotten to do a little bit of work with 
with some amazing leaders over time, learn a little bit about leadership along the way. I spent some time uh, in Des Moines with the Leadership Iowa program. Uh, and so I'm always fascinated. I get to talk to people who are in uh, those positions and leading the way in communities, uh, trying to uh, help facilitate and make things happen. Uh, and I certainly appreciate that that is uh, something I've been seeing you do a lot of, which is a, a really well, neat thing. You. It's got to be, even being familiar with a community, it has to be a little daunting um, coming back into a community or coming to a community yeah. and uh, just trying to jump into a position like that, right? Um, any thoughts on that as a, in terms of an experience? Any, uh, any good experiences you've had or extra fun things that have happened along the way? Well, uh, I, uh, without a doubt, one of the unexpected parts is just re- being able to connect with people who uh, are familiar with the Cronin family or even my mom's family, uh, the Toroses, and um, get fun stories. For example, uh, one of our bus drivers, a gentleman by the name of Paul Nichols. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Paul Nichols approached me and said, well, first of all, he knew my mother because uh, my mother and his sister were very good friends. Sounds uh, which, about right. Which I'll get to. But uh, <laughs> Paul says, yeah, uh, I thought he was going to start telling me stories about my mother, which I'm sure uh, would be all uh, wonderful. Um, but he says, I worked at Harold uh, Cronin's uh, Sinclair station. So that would have been grandpa, uh, my dad's dad. Yes. Had the Sinclair station uh, over on uh, college, right where Locust comes down. I think it's uh, the paving store now. Yep. yep. Um, across from Casey's there, yeah. Across from Casey's, uh, where Plant Peddler used to be, uh, Burger Five, whatever. Um, and so he had this little gleam in his eye, and I said, Paul, well, you know, that's great, um, you know, uh, you probably have a little different side to grandpa. You probably have the work professional side. And I don't know exactly how he said it, but he goes, no, no, no. He could be abrasive and a little bit rough on me too. And uh, so he's told me a few stories about working at the filling station. And he's promised that he'll sit down at, at coffee and tell me more. But it, oh my goodness. it sounds like, uh, um, yeah, there's uh, uh, they had a lot of fun. And... Uh, his jobs went beyond uh, just pumping gas. We, I've heard a few of those tales. Okay, I think, good. I think it was a job, though, that my dad uh, really loved, honestly. I've heard him tell lots of stories about it and uh, interesting things. And it was kind of one of those jobs where I think he picked up some responsibilities or, or you know, if you were working, you just got the responsibilities because you were there. And <laughs> Yeah, I... <laughs> Without telling too many stories, like I, I got the impression that he would get there after school, maybe 15, and maybe he had to run and do different errands around town and pick up maybe some beverages or something. And I was like, wow, that was a little different time. Oh, so uh, You know, I haven't had my dad on the show. Oh, funny, yeah, please funny. do. Please do. And, and I, I, I want to have, uh, uh, I'll let him tell. He did, he, uh, of the story, we got talking about my grandpa's uh, Jeep. He had this old bread truck. It was like a Henley Jeep that he drove around. Wow. Didn't have brakes, didn't have a seat. <laughs> And we are, he said, yeah, one time it broke down in front of the post office and the lady behind him was honking her horn and like, you know, move it and all this stuff and it won't start and it won't start. And he said, your, your grandpa got out of the car very calmly, but with a very direct tone, maybe a profanity and said something to the effect of, lady, do you think I want to be sitting at the stop sign with a broken down car? Um, so... But so, so, so connecting with people like Paul, um, but then um, my mom uh, grew up uh, out by Big Canoe, and, and so she moved to town to go to high school, 
and she always felt like she was a rural farm girl. And one of the people that befriended her was Carol uh, Nichols Hageman. Yes, who I believe is your aunt. Carol, yes. And and I know Rest all. In peace. And I and I yes. And I know a lot of the the my mother's friends by their maiden and married name. I don't know sure. if she went by Nichols Hageman, but yep. um, she talks about how she got invited to a party at this little house, uh, maybe a shack down in the river. And my mom said, oh my gosh, it was the nicest, biggest palatial house. I, you know, it had a flushable toilet. It was like going, uh, she thought she was at the Ritz. And I love uh, it. Um, later on, I guess in the summer, Carol wrote her a letter and said, could I come out and stay at the farm? And my mom, of course, wanted to have a friend visit, but was also apprehensive, like how Carol would respond and, you know, would she think, oh my gosh, you know, they're plucking the chicken and all this stuff. And she said, Carol just took to the farm life and was so kind to her. And even to this day, will totally say that. very nice things about your aunt and how she, how she welcomed her and made her feel good. So oh, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. That's amazing. Well, and as you're talking about things that, uh, you know, you have an educational uh, uh, sort of path through your family. You know, we had a, a chicken path through our family, which is, uh, is gone, gone to the wayside at this point. Every, <laughs> not not every, all of us uh, I thought, follow the family tradition. I thought, <laughs> I thought everybody knew what a capon was. Oh, goodness. And so oh, when, I, when Grandma Muriel oh. uh, lived down in the flats, and I don't know if they had a special deal or if you just showed up on a... Tuesday night at 5.30, and they had, like, capons that had three legs or whatever. But we always got, like, a discount. Maybe it fell on the ground a little bit. We always had capons for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I just assumed that everybody knew what a capon was, and then you get out into the broader world and you start talking about a capon. And yeah, I've, I've had a lot of awkward conversation yeah. starters with that one. That's uh, Especially outside the, the you know rural Midwest or rural parts of the country. At least here you can be like, well, do you know what a steer is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can start somewhere that people might... I- that that's a little bit broader. Like right. I feel like when I leave Winnipeg County, I'm not sure people understand what a cape. I mean, you can explain it to them, but exactly. But yeah, we always parts missing. Uh, Wapsie produce that was always our always had a cape on uh, or two for absolutely. And and so I have to remind my daughter Roxy, right, who's who's 11 and doesn't hasn't really uh, she just she's done some cat sitting, she's done some things here and there. I have to remind her what my first jobs were, uh, which involved either catching chickens or yeah. uh, moving the chicken. The baby chicks from one place to another, or eventually, I, the, my first job on the line as a teenager, which was a, quite a first job. I, I would second imagine. job and third job and all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, good good reference points in uh, in life and what you do and don't want to do. So for sure, for sure. And I think we got on that because you asked me what I've enjoyed and, and yes, and connecting. And uh, I should mention that uh, uh, my grandpa's brother John Cronin was a pretty uh, fun person and well known in town. And I've had people who maybe miss the generations and they want John to be my dad. And I've tried to explain oh, to him, well, he's kind of my great uncle, but we always called him uncle John <laughs> I love uh, it. for a couple of people. I just said, yeah, he's a great, he was a great dad. And <laughs> then I let Jeff, his son know like, Hey, so-and-so may oh, yeah. think we're brothers. Just Absolutely. go with it. Don't, 
Absolutely. You know? I, I answer by several names in town, uh, as long as they're nice. Mostly. Yeah, it's just for easier sure. that way most for of the sure. time. But well, I, as we're talking about, I'm, I'm my guest here, uh, uh, Mr. Tim Cronin, uh, superintendent of schools, uh, Decorah Community School District. Uh, we should talk a little bit more about uh, schools while we're here. Yeah, and we'll wrap up idea. the show before we're done. Uh, but I think we're at a really fascinating time. You know, I came up through the Decorah schools. I went uh, from K through three at West Side, which was a very idyllic neighborhood school at that time. We walked rode our bikes whatever you know almost every day um we were kind of little west side rats and in the pool and all summer and and down at west side and having fun and if the six o'clock whistle went off you knew you were late for dinner and that was that was life you know uh but i came up through the schools i went to east side as a younger student you know and that school no longer exists but we have two brand uh, not brand new but very nicely renovated schools and you're looking at middle school kind of into you know the the fifth uh, and sixth into middle school and, and uh, what we used to call junior high, of course. And our high school is looking pretty good. But one area we are kind of lacking in these days is in elementary. Uh, our, the John Klein facility, which you have mentioned, actually, having a family who would have taught yeah, there when yeah. it was in its newer infancy, uh, sort of, or newer times. Um, you know, and that facility has aged and, and not aged well. And so as a community, you know, we've been working for over a decade to try and figure out what and how to do with that facility. Uh, and so you have uh, jumped into the middle of that. Uh, uh, conversation as time has gone, but you know, some headway is being made uh, and needs to be made, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, just I, I think they've been looking at John Klein for 16 years, as a, at least there's an article out 16 years ago that talks about how uh, it needs to be replaced. Um, uh, among other things, of the ills with John Klein, some of the problems include just the way the building was constructed and then they did additions and they kind of cocooned the building. Um, so you've got interior rooms that don't have windows to the outside, which isn't how you would uh, yeah. do do a school nowadays. Our daughter experienced kindergarten in one of those. Yeah, rooms, yeah, that's just not that's not a conducive. Um, Luckily, there, she had a great teacher. I will say. They, that. Well, and and so we're we're uh, excelling in spite of some of the difficulties. Um, and there's been some maintenance that's kind of been a little deferred. Like, do you really want to put a new roof on because we're going to get a new school? And then five years goes by and it's like, well, we should have put a new roof on. So yeah. then we patch stuff and you're, you're putting good money after bad. Um, I will say, uh, I just talked to my cousin the other day. He used to spend longer periods of time in Decorah. He actually played Little League Baseball. So if anybody out there is 51 <laughs> or 52 and knows Todd Linderbaum, uh, let me know. Oh, I love it. Um, but Todd said, hey, what do you do with that building that Grandma used to teach in? And oh, I said, we're still using it. And he goes, no, you're not. That was in bad shape in the 70s and 80s. And oh. it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, yes, that's, yeah. uh, I was like, well, Todd, that's what we're trying to replace it. So yeah. um, the, big, the big step, what we've been working on with the city was, uh, where we would build the school, uh, we had Bolton and Mings kind of come in, and they did the study, and, and I think people focused in on, hey, you're going to close Claiborne. That's not the big part of the study. The big part of the study that uh, the city and the school district would agree on is a downtown school location. And so then yeah. working with the city on, okay, if we're going to build a school, we need a little bit more space. We'd like to go to the west. You've got a softball field and some, you know, a parking lot there. Uh, so we worked on an arrangement where we purchased that land. Uh, the proceeds from that land then enabled the city to turn around and buy the uh, Dalen property out by the dog park, which will then allow them to reestablish Little League fields and 
give them potential for having bigger fields or you more bet. fields in the future, all in one spot. And, and full disclosure, if I shouldn't have done it by now, I'm also on the Decorah Park Rec Commission. Uh, oh, on okay. The, on the board, so I did vote for for that uh, for that move, and uh, and uh, that was not a planned part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it was great to be a part of that conversation, actually, and and our vote was unanimous, as was the city council's, even though that's been a long conversation over the years. I think everybody realized it was time. So. Well, and it, it helps us. It gives us the flexibility of planning and moving forward we had we had been planning without really having land and so uh, this gives us an opportunity to say okay if we have what we're now calling the whole Hively Island the, yeah. the the portion of land that where the school exists now but then comes to that point with Hively and Claiborne right by the uh, City Hall police station if we have that whole island how can we best fit in a school um, and, and possibly build the new school before we tear down the old school, which then doesn't displace children. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the big step is the purchase of the land, and we're starting to work with our, our architect in that space. He's He's been retained by the district for a few years prior and had done drawings, but they were always postage stamp trying to fit it sure. in. How could we build a school in this this little space? So, um, But we want to, if we're looking at that, we are looking at that, then we're going to say, okay, uh, big picture, what's the best way to do traffic, what's yeah. the best way to get flow going, yeah. um, and understand that uh, no school I've ever been at in 34 years of education as a teacher or administrator, do, there's always going to be uh, traffic in the morning and after school. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of part of part of life in any facility. And so, and I know... <laughs> and a like, changing landscape yeah, over the years, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's probably, probably increased, and, in, you know, every district's different, but just understand that Everybody has morning drop-off. Everybody has uh, after-school pickup. And then yeah. how can you uh, make that the work the best for the space? Yeah. And so we have more space so we, that we can make that work. I um, love that. And to me, I mean, one of the things that I thought about through that process and that I've talked with people about over the years, it's, it's hard. You know, change is hard. Change is something we're maybe not the best at collectively here in the upper Midwest in general, nonetheless, for here in Decorah. But, uh, you know, change can be hard, but also things do change over time. And it's really important. I, for me, I guess at the end of the day, one of the things that I kept coming back to with people is just that, like, if we're going to invest in anything, if you're going to pick one thing in your community to invest in, yes, your streets matter, your infrastructure matters, like all those things matter. But if if you can't educate your youngest people effectively, uh, and if you can't get them off on the right foot, how do you expect as a community to continue to exist and thrive? That's in my mind. Um, so not to just drop that out of nowhere. No, but, that's, you know, that's, uh, that probably is me, one of our commercials. You know. <laughs> uh, thank you. No, I, 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 and I don't mean to be uh, glib there. Absolutely. Uh, this is where this is our first school experience for our youngest people and they yeah. should they should have a school that they're excited to go to i mean and kindergartners it, in general are excited to go to school but right. we'd like to have a facility that, that matches that and again i have to say i mean our daughter had the experience she did uh both preschool and tk at west side which was a kind of a unique experience for her because that's where i went to school so it's kind of a funny uh, funny experience for her not a lot of people do that necessarily in that path especially anymore but uh you know and then to start kindergarten at john klein and and again in a windowless room the kindergartners don't really know or care they're there they're excited and 
And the most important part to me was that she had an incredible kindergarten teacher who yeah. just took that class and just ran. And that, you know, I, I think uh, our, our teachers uh, and, of course, the staff, the administration that are there, all get credit for absolutely making the best of it, you know, and, and running with it. Now, you know, you get into years like this and it gets harder, right, when you have <laughs> infestations of stinging insects yeah. and uh, other things that you try to correct and have a, and are just difficult. Like, that, that makes it hard, but, you know, every day is a new day, right? Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, it's cool. So the process, you know, I think you and I are talking right before the show, and, and I, I don't want to take up more of your time than we're than I should, but I, I think it's interesting. The process we're in, you know, we've kind of, uh, like you said, we've taken now finally a step forward, but this is like step one or two or three of, of many. <laughs> this still need to happen, right? A- absolutely. And that's uh, it's something I'm not sure everybody understands even, right? So uh, the next step, uh, engage uh, with our architect, Nick Hildebrand. And we've got a facility committee that's going to meet with him this month and just talk big picture, not talk about how every room would be laid out, but just like, what's the best spot for this? Um, where should the play space be? How could we do the drop off? What, what, just how are we going to orient the, how many classrooms do we, will, will we need? And, you know, because there were drawings that um, he had done that maybe we were going to move third grade down and we were going to have to have seven sections per grade level. We don't need seven sections. We need probably six. Yeah. Um, to be safe and it's it's going to be a pre-k2 and how's that going to look so we'll engage with that work with nick and then at the same time we're we're working with the donovan group which is kind of more of a pr to kind of help get the message out so we'll be kind of working on getting information out there and i know people have questions and different things are like have you thought about this place or that place of location well location we've committed to one location so that's not something that um, we can kind of explain a little bit how the board did has looked at other locations, some of which were, were never offered to us and others right, were right. Would maybe no longer exist. But one of the things the city council mentioned was the infrastructure to put a school on a road. Obviously, you're moving all the traffic there. So I locus yeah. up Locust Road. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're moving all the traffic up Locus, and then the infrastructure, um, the cost um to do all the other stuff. One of the nice things, and, and uh, Jeremy Brill uh, and I talked about this, but yeah. the current location has a lot of easy ways to get in and out. So as bad as we might think the traffic is, just understand that if we could do some clever stuff with moving the buses over to Hively and we could even reduce it more, but there's lots of ways to get in and out of that location because there's about, what, four different egress uh, places uh, for cars. Yeah. Absolutely. And I always, I always have to chuckle a little myself having left uh, the Midwest for 10 years and come back. I was in Boston for part of those years and the San Francisco Bay Area, North Bay Area for several years and did a lot of commuting. And, you know, traffic is one of those things. Traffic and parking come up in decor mm-hmm. all the time. And I do understand we are not in a big city, so it is different. But I mean, you say traffic or parking to me and I laugh out loud because I have lived in places where you can drive around for half an hour looking for, for a parking, a parking yeah. space, yeah. not not a space two blocks away, just a space anywhere. <laughs> and and it's the same with traffic. I mean, if I have to sit now, I understand it takes a few extra minutes in the morning. You got to plan ahead. You're, you're not, you know, I know how it goes. I am the king of it. But at the same time, we live in a beautiful area uh, and, and a little patience, uh, you know, it just goes a long ways, I think. So it's kind uh, of an interesting world. Uh, absolutely. Perspective is, is a lot for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll work with those two groups. We'll work on a plan. Um, we'll start finalizing, have 
uh, drawings to show people as school kind of winds down for this year in May. Uh, do some promoting, uh, make education, make sure people understand what it will uh, entail. The next opportunity for us to be on a, a general obligation bond referendum would be the November 2024 election. Yep. So we can't hurry up and go any sooner than that. That's the state law. You can go once a year. Yeah. Um, and that's a really important distinction, I think, to make to people. I brought this up in public meetings a couple times, uh, is that, you know, the, the bond issue for the school, that's we're just talking about the school, nothing else, will have to come through a vote. Uh, and so, again, like you just mentioned, the, the first chance at that will be in November of this year. Of course, also have a presidential election, a lot of other stuff going on. So there's gonna be a lot of noise and it's going to be a really important topic. Uh, and also the legislature did tweak that here not long ago, I believe, so that that bond referendum can only be voted on once in a year. If that's, is that correct? So, so the, the changes were you had to wait six months. And okay. then in the last session, they just said, because there would be been opportunities for some districts to maybe have two in a year. Then they just said, no, for bond referendums, they have to be on the November election cycle. Okay. So this is absolutely the earliest we could go is is November of 24, whatever that date is going to yep. be. Yeah. Um, and then working forward, so we've got to get a 60% plus one person. You have to have a super majority. And if all that works out, uh, we would borrow them. that be November 24. We would borrow the money in uh, June of 25, start the project. Uh, you know, go through the bids, get, you know, move, start moving dirt, hopefully in summer of 25. With a 18 to 24 month process, we're not getting into a new John yeah. Klein before, uh, I guess, August of 2027. Yeah. So yeah. I tell you those it's, dates. It's still just, a process. It's a process. <laughs> um, I tell you that because um, we just can't miss, you know, the sooner we could work on a plan that's going to work, the sooner we'll have a new elementary school for the children of, of Decor. Absolutely. And um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the front end work, a lot of the, the, some of the head scratching things has been done. So if people are willing to come to the table and, and get at it, uh, which it appears that's the, hopefully where we're at and hopefully pass a bond issue that, you know, a lot of the hard work, a lot of the paperwork is being done, has been done is, is, is there's some forework at least that's been done uh, to hopefully see that happen. So. Yeah. There's a lot of things in place and, and the, the timing is as good as our last uh, payment for our uh, last referendum will occur. Um, I gotta, we're tailing off. We're in the second to last. So this next budget year will be the last time we'll be paying for the high school. So tax rate wise, we'll be able to not raise taxes. We'll just, we would be able to take out a new loan and start a new project, which would keep your tax rate flat. Sure. sure. Um, Yeah. I was, uh, Carol Sand, who's the new on the board, she said, oh, it's, uh, I like this example. It's like you, when you turn in your phone and you just get a new phone and your payments stay the same. I go, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's upgrading, it's right. improving, and it's, it's moving forward. And so uh, it, it won't, uh, it should be tax neutral. Or, uh, yeah. So that's a, that's a good time. Because uh, we have the capacity to do it, I guess is is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, and I think along with the project, you know, will come some really neat opportunities. I know being a part of uh, the Park Rec Board, some other things that you know, there are some really neat opportunities that are going to come from this project as well, uh, and of just you know uh, the spirit of of kind of doing the right thing at this point and making sure that we're set up for success here into the future is exciting to me as a parent of a person who you know I have a student that won't experience. 
um, you know, those grades in that school, you know, right? So it's easy to be like, well, it's not going to affect my kid, right? And it's also easy if you're an older person or fixed income or something to say like, geez, but here I am. But you know, and to me, again, I'll just say it, I just think it's one of the more important things as a community that we can get done at this point. Uh, and so that's exciting to me to, to, to see if... Uh, what we can get, what we can make happen and make it happen in a good way and a positive way. Right. Absolutely. Um, when we look at education in general, I'm going to wrap up the show here cause we're going okay. a little long and I, I really, fine. really appreciate your time and, and, and how much, and it'd be really fun to have you back at some point as this process rolls forward Oh, uh, for sure. Or, or other folks. So it's uh it's fun to talk about. I think looking at education is fascinating that the landscape has changed so much over the years, certainly just in your career, right? Um, but boy, the opportunities that exist are incredible. We have some friends that are circling back to this area who are from here, who have lived in uh, other parts of the country and the world. And one of the things they keep saying that they're most excited for their kids when they come back to Decorah are the opportunities for them to participate in things in school. Not just the educational aspect, which obviously we're in Iowa, obviously we're a strong school system in Iowa, but but that, you know, if you want to try out and be a part of uh, whatever team it is, you can do it. If you want to be part of whatever uh, music part you can, drama, you know, you name it, uh, also robotics, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. Whereas in other districts, um, you might have to try out. You might not make it. You might not be able to be a part of the whatever team it is. So I think that's a really strong part of, of uh, growing up here uh, and not just the ethic and the people you're going to run into. But I think that's a cool thing. I don't know if you have a perspective on that. Uh, and, and it kind of rolls into one other question, but okay. I'll let you answer that, yeah. yeah, no, I, I absolutely, uh, I love the different opportunities we have for our our students uh, to participate and engage, you know, in, in areas outside of school. And coming uh, for the last three years prior to being in Decorah, I was at uh, uh, Shared Central City in Dunkerton, and those are school districts maybe the size of South Wind. And so uh, just coming here and uh, you have multiple athletes so maybe you have full teams you know a squad b squad uh wrestling lineup is full but also there's just activities we have swimming and diving uh that's cool uh well swimming now because because boys don't do diving um you've got bowling i like i went to high school bowling And if I, I miss the, it, I can listen to it on the radio. But I was I'm at taking, the meet the other night, and it was such an event. It yeah. was just so amazing. And, and, yeah. and bowling alleys are not set up to be a spectator sport. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. But I, I told my wife, it's like, oh, you're going to go to bowling. We might try to go, if weather cooperates, we might try to go down to Tripola. She uh, went it. to middle school there. But just the different and the variety. And, yeah, there's, there's uh, all sorts of different uh, – Things you can do and speech, and, and we're huge in the speech scene. Uh, music, obviously, we've got really nice facilities for lots of this stuff. Uh, like I said, with the, with the swimming, Luther College, that's a great resource to have. Yeah. Um, so it's just been like I talked to uh, my uh, friends at the old school, and they're like, you know, what's it like? And I'm just like, well, a lot of it's the same because it's education, but there's parts of it that's like, their opportunities are so fast for, you know, and maybe sports isn't your thing. So then you do drama and a drama isn't your thing. So then you do robotics and robotics isn't your thing, but you bowl. I mean, I went to, I told Keith Bruning, I went to senior night for bowling and he's got like 30 seniors. Like everybody can bowl. I mean, except for myself, but yeah, it's it's neat that there's, there's so many different opportunities, and, and anytime you can stay connected to your school, you know, the studies will say you're, you're going to be a better student, you're going to have 
better opportunities. You're going to have better memories. So yeah. absolutely. It's, 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 we're very fortunate. I should knock on wood that we have so many, not only we have so many opportunities for students, but that takes a lot of adults and that takes a lot of, yeah, absolutely. you know, adults that are willing to give up lots of their time to, to make performances, uh, uh, and and athletics and even the bus drivers that uh, that yeah. are all the folks there. So we're super fortunate. I love that. It, it's it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing, and I, I think it's a fortunate part of of living here and being even in a rural area and having a strong a strong system. So uh, how about an easy wrap up question? Because this is always fun for me to ask folks. But uh, coming back to Decora, yeah. a place you were familiar with, but also uh, getting to come back uh, at the point you're at in life as an adult and with your family and where your kids are at and all those things. Uh, what is uh, what's been a highlight to coming back to Decora, or what's you know what's a perfect like a, a weekend day, a Saturday or a Sunday look? like for you guys in the Driftless? Uh, so I asked that question. My, our daughter's home from college. And I said, hey, what's a perfect, what's a perfect day for us in Decora? <laughs> and and uh, uh, my daughter and I start on the same path. It's a summer day. It's probably late June. So we're going to get up early in the morning. We're going to go out and we're going to pick strawberries at Wolds. Oh. And, and, and berries are going to be good this year. Yeah. Um, and because you've gotten up so early, then the whole day is ahead of you. So you'll... <laughs> Probably the perfect day is then mom's at the farm, so you can just drop the strawberries off. And since it's going to be perfect, she'll she'll clean them and put them in the fridge. You don't have to do that work. Love it. And you've got your bike with you, and you just ride your bike into Decor because you get to ride on Big Canoe Road, which has one of my favorite views, and then down Locust and up the Springwater Hill, I suppose. Um, oh, yeah. And then you probably have to go out to breakfast. And, and I don't know if we picked a sp- certain <laughs> spot, but it might be... Um, yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to family some, table. Some good one. Yeah, we just kind of yeah. we're sometimes we're family table, mm-hmm. and now you're you're about midday and you've got the whole day ahead of you. So you probably go back out to the farm and do a float. You put in an Iverson Bridge and you get out at the Upper Isle Campground or whatever we call it now, Lonnie's Landing. Love and, that. And uh, then you know you can get cleaned up. This is where the plans diverge. Oh yeah. My daughter thought that well, she wanted to go out for dinner and open air. So she said, TG, what if you went out for dinner at TG and you sat outside? I was like, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe she'd say Kim and Ruby, but I guess it's, you got to be outside. So, and, and believe me outside, you could be at twin Springs or you could be, um, you could have a nice meal at, uh, uh, Oh, um, just down the corner. I can't think Don of Don Jose. No, Don, we, do, we do like Don Jose. You can, there's a lot of good options. Uh, yeah. I'd be out of Luna Valley almost. Well, well depends, though. It's tricky. Luna Valley is right by the farm. So sometimes oh, we yeah. stop there. So, uh, not often. But so I think it's we better just say TG because you could be outside. <laughs> and then she wanted to go back out to the farm and have a bonfire and have all sorts of relatives in town telling old-timey stories. Oh, wow. Which I thought was not every college student would say that. But I, I think know, right? I, I think mine is... Maybe we don't have a bonfire. We just finish the night at the kitchen table playing cards and games, and uh, we could tell stories there. I love that. That's so great, that's the perfect day. It's, that's a great day. I, I don't know if we do half of that, but uh, yeah. even if you do part of that, that's those are some of our favorites. A great day in a great corner of the world. Yeah. Seriously, that's amazing. I love it. Uh, and I love that, you know, that specific area, too, is just, uh, it's really special to me. We have lots of family that are from, from kind of circumnavigated out of that part of the uh, county as well. So it's a beautiful part of the, part of the world out there. Um, Dr. Tim Cronin. Uh, Decora Community School District Superintendent. Uh, thanks, Tim, for being here. I really appreciate you taking this much time out of your day and being able to talk about a few things. Uh, I'd love to look forward to having you back at some point in the future down the line as the school process moves forward, as things move forward, uh, and as you continue spending time here in, uh, in Decora. We appreciate it. Thanks very much.
<laughs> Thanks for being here. You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora, podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm your host, Benji Nichols, bringing you stories about communities you love by people you trust. You can find it all online at iloveinspired.com. If you enjoy the music on today's show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. Mick, uh, Nick is a decoran and a drummer. Find him online at Indicative of Drumming, Instagram, Patreon. He does it all. Thanks for being with us, folks. It's Rhymes with Decora. We'll see you next time. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.